We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the 17th day of March, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Um, time seems to be flying by. Um, yeah, can't, I can't believe we're already halfway through March. Interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting. You know, I, uh, I, I've, I'm gobsmacked because two days in a row now, there hasn't been any news, as in anything of any consequence. Hell, yesterday we talked about the economic status of China. You know it's a slow news day when we're talking about that, because, I mean, who cares about that, really, if you think about it? Again, today, slow news day. We're going to talk about uh, Fed hiking interest rates. Uh, Who really cares? We knew they were going to do it anyway. They're suicidal. Uh, We got some stuff on uh, Zelensky talking to Congress or something. Oh, my. The whole Congress was just salivating over him. Nancy Pelosi was up there. I got a clip from her. Uh, that I think somewhere I got I got a clip of her we can get to uh, virtue signaling whatever she was doing it, it was it was akin to the um, you remember when the Democrats did that kente cloth thing when they were taking the knees yeah, yeah. With, with the with the cloths on yeah they, uh, the the scarves yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like and that I, I got hard time getting back up yeah yeah I had a I had a uh, uh, what was it uh, I, I had recollections of of that virtue signaling when I heard Pelosi today. Uh, and apart from that, I mean, I got some stuff on Cuomo, not Chris Cuomo, but Governor Cuomo. They're digging that back up. So that should be interesting to talk about. Other than that, really don't have a whole lot. Interesting thing I had to uh, I had to do the other day that I didn't tell you about, Bruce. I got a new Faraday bag. You saw it. Yeah, I, I got a new Faraday bag, yeah. a, a larger yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to use it three nights ago. I got to use wow. it three nights ago. And, and the how reason- was the experience? Well, it was it was it's kind of boring actually because you just put it in the bag and you, you seal it up and you just leave it. There's <laughs> not much more you can do with it. I mean, it, that's the only purpose it has. Yeah, but no, yeah. I actually had to use it because I got a news alert from my phone saying there is a large solar storm that is approaching the I want to say it was like the 55th parallel or something like that, which is a little bit north of me. It was going to hit just up north, but. Uh, it's probably going it, to, but it was definitely going to hit uh, parts of Europe from 55th and probably bleed down a little bit. And it was uh, going to probably knock out power sources and, uh, and certain electrical things and stuff like that. You see disruptions, maybe some uh, uh, some blackouts or whatever. And I thought, okay, maybe maybe I should just err on the side of caution and throw everything in a Faraday bag. So that's what I did. And apparently nothing happened. I mean, better to be safe than sorry, though, I guess, right? Because yeah, um... I did, I do, I do remember... We got hit with one, uh, a solar storm back in, I want to say it was 2011, 2012, somewhere along in there, when I was here at the time, and it knocked out, I lost, uh, I didn't lose my phone at the time, I had a, I want to say I had an iPhone at the time, didn't lose that, but all of my internet, as in like my my router and my modem and everything, my, my cordless phone, shot, I mean they were gone, uh, my TV, uh, my, my cable TV, fried, everything. Uh, it was it, it was bad. We got hit with a big one uh, that year. So it's not uncommon. I guess, you know, like I said, better to be safe than sorry. And with all the new um, 
all the new equipment that I've got around here, especially some of these phones, uh, these things are not cheap. So I guess it was better to be safe than sorry. I, I, I recall hearing something about that, but here were, um, see, 2011, that was where I was living at the time. We, we didn't really have concern about it or I don't know. It, it, uh, I, I remember hearing talks of it, but nothing ever came of it. I guess it all depends on where you're positioned. I mean, Europe seems to get hit more than the U.S. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just bad luck, I guess. I, I don't know. But Europe's been hit twice by solar flares, actually three three or four times in the last uh, few years with solar flares, and one time about 10 years ago uh, with a solar flare, a big solar flare. It's a little bit more common over here. I don't know why. I, I don't know the actual science behind it, but it. I think it may have something to do with how we're rotating around the sun on uh, and on our axes um and when the sun is facing you know a certain side of the sun is facing europe i i don't know actually it, it well they also it have doesn't really make sense it, it should well, hit they, about the same time or like yeah yeah you know and i know they have these in very far northern parts of uh, uh of canada the aurora borealis those are more common here in scandinavian countries for example and, and solar storms you know they cause that so yeah um i'm curious as well it might actually be because um when you look at the parallel of things um you're a little bit further north than i am um just a little bit yeah. in all just locations that i've lived yeah. Um, yeah just a little bit yeah uh well you're you're basically actually funny enough you're you're not too far from where ohio's <laughs> parallel yeah um, i know i know it's about the same <laughs> To be honest, it's, it's right around. It's, pretty close it's like it's like where Ohio is and and where Toronto, Canada is. It's kind of like right in there in, in that yeah. same same thing. So yeah. Anyway, the, the reason I bring that up is because that causes when you have solar ac increased solar activity like that, that causes something we call an electromagnetic pulse or an EMP, and that's something we're going to be discussing tomorrow with Marty is the potential for uh, an EMP. We've talked about that before as it relates to uh, solar storms, but there's also another aspect to it, a nuclear detonation. Not one on the ground, but one about 200 to 300 miles up. Might not seem like it's, uh, it's going to affect you, which actually, physically, it wouldn't affect you. However, if it were to happen, we would be living 200 years in the past. Technology-wise, it would fry everything, absolutely everything. And we're going to talk about measures that you can take in order to protect yourself from a possibility, which, again, I, I think that's a doomsday uh, device, all things considered. But nonetheless, with these crazy people that are in charge of things that are running the show, you know, the inmates that are running the asylum, would you put it past them at this point? So it's worth a discussion. It's worth a discussion. So we're going to talk about EMPs. We're going to talk about Faraday cages, uh, Faraday bags, whatever. These are popular now. They're available uh, and they're a good investment. Uh, I have a couple of them myself. I've got a small one for my phone. Also, it doesn't even necessarily have to be for an EMP. It doesn't have to be that for that at all. Do you like being tracked on your phone? If you're a privacy conscious person, do you like contact tracers? You like COVID tracking apps? Because those are going to be in your future if you don't step up and stop this. If you don't want to be tracked, get one of these little bags. These little bags you drop your phone in. That'll stop all the tracking. Leave your phone in that bag until you need it. It's not going to know where you are. Every time I leave the house, I throw my phone in that bag. It doesn't know where I'm at. Has no clue. There's no signals in or out. Zero. It's completely cut off. That's the only foolproof way to beat the tracking in your smartphones. That's the only foolproof way at the moment, unless you have access to your location data at the kernel level, which that's a software thing, but that's not even guaranteed 100%. Bruce has talked about that before. That's not even guaranteed 100%. If you think you're going to beat it by just turning on, take it, for example, taking the SIM card out and turning on uh, airplane mode, think again. 
when you put it in airplane mode, it tracks you more than it does without without airplane mode. So uh, the only way to be 100% on it to beat it would be to get one of these little Faraday bags. Uh, but again, we're going to talk about all that. Uh, and I, I've got some questions, too, that I'm going to be asking tomorrow on building Faraday cages because I I have uh, Faraday bags, but I want to build an extra Faraday cage for here at the house for myself. And it's cheaper than buying one. If you buy one of these things, my God, it's like four or five hundred bucks. I'm, I'm not spending four or five hundred bucks on a Faraday box when I can buy the material and I can make it for myself for 50. It's going to be a lot of uh, interesting topics we're going to talk about tomorrow. So we're going to talk about preparedness and uh, uh, and things like that in uh, in the coming days. Anyhow, moving right along. So Fed's going to hike rates, blah, blah, blah. They hiked at a quarter percent today. Yeah, you're going to see inflation and yada, yada, yada. Moving on. Any questions? No, good. Got it. We uh, I'll throw in, I'll yeah, throw in a little bit here. Uh, I did also see they're talking about raising it six more times this year. So. Oh, is that all? Is that all? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's great. Biden said that uh, inflation is at, uh, what did he say? Uh, 0.93% or whatever it was. That was according to the... Uh, to the San Francisco Fed or whatever, zero point nine three percent or something, which is which is complete nonsense. Here, here, here it is. Here it is. He's talking about the the, the gas prices and and Putin and how it's his fault. And there's well, there's there's no inflation. It has nothing to do with with his his plan that he's put through the American Rescue Plan. It's not his fault. Make no mistake, the current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. It has nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. Back to Wall Street. Wall Street estimated that the and the San Francisco Reserve, Federal Reserve said analyzed it, said the rescue plan contributed only 0.3 percent to inflation. 0.3 percent. That's coming from the Fed. Rescuing our economy didn't cause this problem, but we're working to fix it. 0.3 percent. I guess I was 0.6 off my mistake. So the Fed, who isn't affiliated with the government, who is perpetuating the entire problem we're having with the finances, um, causing it in many uh, cases, um, they're telling you there is no inflation. Uh, So next time you go to the gas pump or to uh, uh, the market and you're you're, you're buying groceries and you see that it's increased, in some cases up to 50%, um, just remember, inflation is only 0.3%. According to uh, U.S. producer price indexes, inflation hit 10% last month. That was the highest annual increase in recorded U.S. history. Just if you're wondering. Don't worry. Uh, The Biden administration has a plan for that. Just cut costs. Is that it? Just cut costs. Yeah, just is that, is just that cut costs. That's that's you know, the problem. That's, just cut that's the something costs. else. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. something else I want to talk about tomorrow when we get into emergency preparedness and stuff like that, and, and how people need to prepare because people still have time. I, I I honestly believe that there's a lot of experts and a lot of preppers out there that are saying that uh, it's it's past time to uh, to get what you need. I, I don't believe that. We still have a workable supply chain in some respects. Not all, right? A lot of the, the products are gone. A lot of things are are priced out of the market now. So I mean, it's it's going to be difficult. But to get the bare essentials, I think you still have time to do that. And you still have the ability to do that if you so desire. But one of the things I want to discuss tomorrow is exactly that. Cutting costs. That should be something that, that should be at the forefront of everything right now to prepare for what's coming. Do you really need the cable and the satellite TV? Do you really need that? I understand you want the internet. I got it. Do you really need the cable for $185 a month or whatever the hell it is? Do you need that? Do you need the extra alcohol money? Do you need the beer money? 
You need to be smoking cigarettes like a chimney. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to lecture anybody, but it's going to come down to a point where these things that I'm sitting here mentioning, these are going to be so unaffordable that that's not going to be an option for you, is my point. That's not going to be an option. Alcohol, alcohol in times of severe economic hardships, that's going to become a barter and trade item. Same thing with tobacco. That's going to be a barter and trade item. Same thing with coffee, barter and trade, sugar, flour, rice, these things. All of this will become barter and trade. All of this. These will be essential things to keep on hand to trade with, not to consume in a lot of cases. Also, to what you're saying there, do you need the satellite? Do you need the alcohol, the smokes, all that? If you were to get rid of them now or stop using them now, that extra income, that disposable income you could be spending towards um, you know, getting more food stores that are non-perishable or, you know, have been properly dried and everything that have a long shelf life. You could get other supplies that you may need uh, that you could barter with, as, as Johnny just mentioned there, um, or, you know, save up on medical supplies, uh, the various um, first aid kit supplies. Uh, it, it, it'd be good to plan for all that stuff. Have extra blankets, have extra sleeping bags, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, example of that this morning, and I ordered it yesterday. It came this morning. I ordered two months worth of single serving instant coffee packs. Now, I, I don't drink single serving instant coffee packs. I don't, but it'll keep for three years. Do you know why I have them? So I can trade them if I need to. Yep. Same thing with, well, what I would consider to be uh, precious metals, chief among which would be uh, lead, brass, and copper. <laughs> Bruce, you know, you know what that is. Uh -huh. if, you, if you have bullets, again, if you have bullets, that's something else you can trade. Bullets are currency, right? I mean, we're, we're talking that kind of stuff. You know, a little tiny bag of coffee, four beans, four coffee beans ground up will make you a fresh cup of coffee. Hell, you can, you can probably even do it with three. So if you think about that, right? You think about that. You buy yourself a 10-pound bag of beans if you can still get one coffee beans. That's a lot of trading you can do. Same thing with buying the uh, the two months worth of single pack instant coffees. I spent 15 bucks for those. 15 bucks. Do you know how much those things are going to be worth if, if the, uh, the economy goes to hell? They're going to be worth a whole hell of a lot more than that. Maybe somebody else has something that I need, right? So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting discussion tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. But I don't want to spoil all of it, right? We're, all, we're, we're jumping the gun already. You know how Germany was turning off their nuclear plants and going towards wind and solar because, well, we got to be green. We got to go for wind and solar because we need renewables. And yeah, well, then all of the sanctions with Russia and everything, that kind of stifles the, the Germans' oil consumption. So like the, the gas prices are through the roof here. Heating and energy costs are, are through the roof. Well, nobody really saw this one coming. They're now considering, Germany's now considering reopening some of their decommissioned coal fire plants <laughs> to kind no. of, to offset, yeah, to offset, you know, they, what they need to, to produce in, in energy costs. You know, it, it's funny how they, they all revert back to that, isn't it? Who would have seen that coming? I mean, that's just, Wow. Well, they're saying they're not doing this for sure. They're they're saying that this could be an option. It could be an option. Um, I tell you what's I tell you what that's going to be an option is people are going to demand that you open it up, and they're calling you fools for shutting it down to begin with, without having a suitable replacement to bring online to offset it. Was Musk wrong when he said you need to spin up your old facilities immediately, including nuclear? You need to spin those up now. You don't need to be turning them off when you put sanctions on your only source of energy. 
are, are we are we dealing with with like uh, people with with the education level of a 15 year old? That's almost an insult to some 15 year olds. When I was 15 years old, there were a lot of smart kids. There were a lot of smart kids. They wouldn't have done something like this. So that's an insult to some 15 year olds that have a really good head on their shoulders. I know of a college or a college kid, a high school kid that uh, created a nuclear reactor in his backyard. How he got the fizzle material to do that, I don't know. But uh, yeah, not sure. I did hear that Bill Gates, I heard this this morning. Bill Gates is, you know, that reactor that he's working on mm-hmm. that he wants to build. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently he took it to the Chinese first and it's one of those molten sodium reactors. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently it allows, uh, if you use the technology correctly, it will allow you to technically power a, a nuclear submarine or, or a naval battleship with it, technically. Uh yeah, I guess technically you could if you were to if you were to use a cesium reactor based on that and and use that. So basically, what it's doing is it's heating up salt and turning salt into a molten state, and then uh, the salt is then used to heat water, which is then used to power turbines. So maybe you could do that uh, on a on a submarine or a ship, but. You, you would have to use a different uh, thorium or, or also known as cesium uh, reactor. You, you would have to use that, which the reason you use that is the, the radiation that's emitted is far less. Uh, and the waste product is um, basically uranium ore, essentially. It's safe to uh, touch with your hands. Um, and it's also easy to contain if there was a, a malfunction, a meltdown or whatever. Uh, actually, I don't know that a cesium can melt down. But anyway, if there's a, a catastrophic event that happens and they lose containment, it's easy to contain. Hmm. Well, uh, again, we should be looking for new ways to come up with energy, but we shouldn't be turning off our old ways and our current ways until we have a suitable replacement. You don't change energy sources unless you have something as good or better to replace it with. For example, let me put this into let me put this into in, into layman's terms into the average person's perspective. Let's say you have a, a car, right? Let's say you're driving a, a car, you've had it for, I don't know, a hundred thousand miles and you're like, you know what? I'd really like to go out and get a new car. But this one's really done me well. It's 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 running great. There's no problems with it. It's had minimal maintenance. You know, let's say it's a, a Toyota or a Honda or something, right? Those are very low maintenance cars and they run forever. Hell, the body will fall off that thing before it, before the before the engine dies. So you've got a Toyota with 100,000 miles. Well, that's break-in stage for a Toyota. But yet you say, well, I'd really like to get a new car. I've had this one for a few years. Yeah, it's time for me to go get a new one. Okay, well, do you trade in that car for a horse and buggy? Because that's essentially what they're doing. That's really what they're doing, if you think on it. From an energy consumption standpoint, in a real sense, that's what they're doing. They're taking something that works, but it works on an individual level in a limited capacity. A horse and buggy will do the job on an individual level at a limited capacity. It'll get you down the road and back, and that's about as far as it's going to go because the horse is going to give up on you. That's what they're doing here. You equate it to like a bicycle as well. That too. My point is, is that they don't have something as good or better to replace it with. They're going back in time. They're reverting back to something that doesn't produce in the manners that fit our current lifestyle. But see, they don't tell you that, do they? They just say, I'll do it because you're saving the earth. That's what they say. That's all they tell you. The reopening of... Yeah, it is part of the call. Yeah. The reopening of shuttered plants is seen as an option as the country struggles to wean itself off of its addiction to Russian fossil fuels. Addiction. You hear this? Addiction? Addiction. No, it's not an addiction. It's a need. 
you need it right now because you don't have anything to replace it with. And we're going to talk tomorrow about what they just found off the coast of the North Sea. While authorities have already rejected the plans of delaying the decommissioning of the remainder of its nuclear power stations, a new plan involving either delaying the shutdown of coal-fired plants that are still in operation or the reopening of plants that have previously been terminated is now in the cards. According to Desite, which is... There, that's like the Times, right? Basically, it's the same thing. The German government is considering the two moves alongside the energy company RWO, with the group's CEO, Marcus Kraber, saying that the organization is ready to act if it needs to be. It is up to the federal government to decide whether these blocks must be used temporarily and to what extent they should be used to reduce gas consumption. It's not a backwards roll. <laughs> hear this? It's not a backwards roll, but at most, it's a step aside for a limited time. You hear this? In other words, they don't want to admit that they have to go back to something that actually works. They don't want to admit that. Instead, they're going to say, well, we're just going to sidestep this for the moment because we need to offset what we actually need because you you haven't done your job as the consumer to <laughs> to cut the cost, as you said, Bruce. So we're, we're going to have to do this. But see, it's not our fault that we're doing this. It's your fault. That's, that's what they're telling you. That's exactly what they're telling you without actually saying it. Yeah. So th- this is effectively them saying, yeah, we were wrong. Uh, you were, we, we should have stayed with the other technologies until we, you know, went the right direction. But what they're not telling you is we made a boatload of money as politicians for going green because we had a bunch of investments in green technologies. So, I, I mean, at this point, they probably have investments in uh, coal or oil at this point or Russian oil. I mean, they're probably buying up shares of Russian oil so that when all this blows over, you know, it tanks the the prices for Russian oil and then skyrockets after it's out. <laughs> yeah. Take yeah, a look. Is, take a look is, what oil is. Yeah. Bruce and I were shocked last night. Take a look what oil is on the futures market. Take a look at that and tell me they're not making a boatload of money. Also, they're going to need some energy somehow. The, the Germans are going to need to come up with a boatload of energy uh, because this is obviously a good thing, but at the same time, it's a bad thing. Intel, microchip company Intel, they signed a deal with the Germans yesterday. They're going to build a 17 billion euro. That's euros. That's more than dollars. They're going to build a 17 billion euro chip factory in Germany. Do you know where those chips are made now? They're made in Taiwan. So it's a good deal for the Germans. It's a bad deal for the Taiwanese because that means they're not willing to honor the uh, the defense treaty for Taiwan. They're going to give it up to the Chinese. So if they're going to move chip manufacturing like that, they're not building a 17 billion euro factory to be constructed immediately. They're not building that just to say, well, we're just going to have a secondary site. You're not building a 17 billion euro facility to have a secondary manufacturing site. You're moving it here. So you're going to need resources. You're going to need petrochemicals. You're going to need rare earth minerals shipped in here in order to make those things. You can't just put a 17 billion euro factory here, a microchip factory, and not have all these things come in here. I wonder if it's more of a, they realize that there's no way to really stop China from um, going in and taking Taiwan and they're just hedging their bets. Um, Could be, but it shouldn't yeah, have got, even if no, no disrespect to the Taiwanese, no, no disrespect from what I'm about to say, because the Taiwanese people are great people, but the chip manufacturing shouldn't have gone there in the first place. We should have kept it agreed. for ourselves here in the West where it was secure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you wanted to do non-essential, um, you know, chip manufacturing over there or something, or, or for that matter, even for that continent. If you were to do, you know, manufacturing was to have gone there or whatever. The the thing is, is each continent needs to have its own infrastructure. I mean, you, you need to be able to produce everything there uh, and preferably 
each Western world really, like the, the Western world in uh, North America and the Western world over in Europe, you both should be able to manufacture your own stuff in your own areas uh, because we do still deal with uh, uh, communist Marxists um, and, you know, different ideologies. So it, it would be good to, to hedge your bets and, and continue manufacturing at home. Uh, this is breaking. Did you hear about the uh, the Walmart uh, distribution facility in Indianapolis up in flames? Yeah, yeah, some pretty big flames too. Uh, quite big pillars of smoke. That uh, distribution center was quite massive. Um, it is large. I'm curious, curious uh, as to why it caught on well, fire. I, I'm curious as to as to why as well. I heard I heard two deputies talking this morning, two deputy sheriffs saying that their sheriffs in different parts of the country are getting letters from Walmart corporate saying no more deliveries are going to be coming to the stores. Why would they be sending those letters? But at the same time, is it such a bad thing? Now think on it. Think on it. Is it such a bad thing? Because all that's going to do is kick the business back to the small mom and pops. That's what we wanted to do in the first place, right? What mom and pops? Good Many point. of them were shut down because of COVID. Good point. So... The thing is, too, the mom and pop shops that I remember in my hometown growing up, they're franchised now. They, they don't exist anymore. We used to have a locally owned grocery store up there. It's not anymore. It's a franchise. You know, I, I grew up around the, around the corner from a, a family owned grocery store. And man, they had some good stuff. They had some really good stuff. And it's just not there anymore. It, it got bought out by some franchise thing. And then um, they brought in all the um, the bigger places like Kroger and, you know, all, all that other stuff, you know, the, the big chains and things like that. And there was a small shopping center next to where I grew up. And it was literally a walk down the street. You know, it was like a little, uh, it was like the strip mall for its time kind of thing. They had all the little different shops mm -hmm. in there. They had a little, yeah. uh, they had a family run pharmacy in there. They had a couple of places where you get your hair cut, you know, but small places, right? Just person, you know, family run places, family grocery store, a couple of newsstands and, uh, you know, some other stuff. And that was like the place to be, uh, you know, a, a diner and you know, family run diner and a couple other places. That was the place to be. You know, that was the middle of town. You go downtown, there was really not much down there. I mean, a couple of businesses here and there, a couple of restaurants and, and a hotel. And that was really about it. But all that's changed. Everything's changed. It's all gone now. All that's all that stuff's gone. And those outside of the United States, when we say mom and pops, we're talking about small family run businesses. That's the lingo that we use is mom and pop shops. But those places are gone. That that kind of stuff. And and here's the thing though. Do you see it coming back? That's the thing. On the other side, let's let's just, let's just say for the sake of argument, on the other side, let's just say that we we beat all these these sorry bastards that have done this. Right? Do they come back? Do we rebuild small town America? Is that what we do? I mean, I know a lot of people that are probably willing to do it. A lot of people that have uh, that have lost their businesses. I mean, let's face it. You're not going to be able to rebuild a small business from scratch with the current people running this current financial system. It's not going to happen. Their whole prerogative has been to shut you down so you can't operate in the future. We have to start building our own parallel systems is my point. That's what we have to do. They've shut us out of the system that they have hijacked and stolen. There's no pension fund in that. There's no retirement. There's no sense of community. There's no sense of social cohesion. It's nothing but this woke ideology cult. It's division. It's segregation. It's tribalism. And it's dependency. Slavery. That's all it is. That's no place that I want to be. That's no society that I want to live in. I don't think any of our listeners would want to live in that. Would you? Do you want to raise a family in that? Well, that's even if you're allowed to have a family in it. I don't think you are. We have to start building our own parallel societies away from that, is my point. That's not extreme. That's how it has to be. Example, go back 2,000 years, follow the Roman Empire. What replaced 
society when Rome fell. It was Christianity, right? Why did it replace that? Because all of the lunacy, all of the craziness, the insanity that was going on in Rome at the time, all of the, 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 the crazy lunatics and wackos and everything that was, that was going on in society, Christianity outlawed it. It became a stabilizing force as a way to build a path into the future. That's what it was. And that's what we're going to have to do again. I hate to say that, but that's really what we're going to have to do. We're, we're going to have to build a parallel society away from it that's a stabilizing force that has morals, has values, has real inclusion, has a future, has good education for your kids, has good medicines, has free markets where you can operate and build whatever kind of business you want. It has to be that way. Or, or do you think I'm mistaken? Do, do you think I'm wrong? I agree. We're, we're getting to the point where it's going to have to be, we're going to have to make a, a decision as a people because you've got hundreds of thousands of people on the streets in Europe every day calling for an end to this garbage that's going on, this nonsense that's going on. But they're not listening. Just like the old Roman emperors and the old, the old Roman senators, they didn't listen. So we're going to need something different. We're going to need something better. And we're going to have to build it ourselves. And it's going to have to be done in a peaceful way. That's what the revolution is. The revolution's peaceful. That's what it's going to have to be. They want it to get violent, but we can't go there. Not if we're going to win. If we're going to win, then we have to stay peaceful. We have to be Gandhi, if you will. We have to take the abuse. We have to take the beatings in the streets in front of everybody. And don't tell me that hasn't been going on. But that's how it has to be. And we have to build a peaceful, prosperous, stable future for ourselves and for our communities going forward. And it has to be that way because these people certainly aren't going to do it. I agree that um, we do need to have a separate system. We, we need to have our own. Uh, well, as you as you said, we need to get back to the the old way of thinking of uh, as as a business. You, you're there to do business. You're not there to be an activist. You're not there to. Well, you you don't have the same ideals I do. So I'm either going to get you. I'm either going to sue you, or I'm going to shut down your business, or just not do business with you. That kind of nonsense. Um, actually, I say that, and then I'm reminded that um, there is one group of people that I think should be shunned from our businesses in the future, our circles, our communities. I, I think those should be shunned and and said, nope, you can you can go somewhere else. And that is the ones that are unwilling to accept the ideals of America. If you can't agree with the basic tenets of the Constitution, if you can't agree with that, you're in the wrong country. I mean, you've, you could go somewhere else. If you can't agree on just the basic, you know, the Bill of Rights, as an example, if you can't agree on that, we have no agreement at all. You're wanting a completely different government system. You're wanting a completely different idea of running society. So there is no working together. There is no uh, living amicably uh, as neighbors. There is none. We're, we're completely opposed to one another. So I would say those, those people, yeah, I, I would be okay with barring them from doing business with you. But everybody else, you know, if, you're, if you believe in the basic tenets of, of the, the Bill of Rights, um, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator, you know, the uh, Declaration of Independence. Uh, if you can agree on those things, yeah. That, that's what our that's what our community should be based on. It, it's kind of funny because the United States, that's what that's what the idea was in the beginning. America, the in the beginning, it was uh, breaking off from the craziness of the world and creating our own um, society, community uh, infrastructure away from theirs, apart from theirs, and basically was inclusive, free liberty, freedom, you know, free market, those kind of things. That, that that was the basic tenets. And 
here we are again. We want the same things and we're trying to get away from a corrupt system. So yeah, I, I would honestly prefer not having to create a second system and just purge it all from our system currently, but we have to do what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to give up. They're, they're just, they're, they're entrenched and they're just not going to quit. The smartest thing right now for them to do would be just get lost as in like, just pack it in, throw in the towel. I mean, they're done. They've already lost. They've already lost. That's the problem is they've already lost. They've lost. And, and it's not, it's not a matter of they've lost like financially or, or economically or anything like that. That goes without saying they've lost the hearts and minds of the people. The people don't want them any longer. To your point, what you said about in America, let's expound upon that for just a second. And I agree with you. I agree with you. So I'm not disagreeing with you here, but let's let's just let's take it a little bit further. When you and I go over the hundreds of hours of protests that are happening here in Germany and across Europe in, ger- in general, the reason I bring up Germany is because the Germans are hitting the streets like no other nation I've seen. I mean, the, these people are marching every day every day. And it's not talked about anywhere in the world. We're the only ones paying any mind to it that I've seen. And they deserve a pat on the back a thousand times over for those people going out there every day in the rain, in the snow, in the freezing rain, in the ice and everything else, and marching by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, by the hundreds of thousands against discrimination. All of these countries, in nearly all of these protests, you're seeing the original American flag. You're seeing the Gadsden flag. You know, the flag that the Department of Homeland Security says you're a domestic terrorist if you wave. The don't tread on me flag, the snake, you know, the yellow flag, that one. The idea of America, it's not America as a piece of land. The idea of America is what people crave. It's what people demand. That's what people want. Take whatever system you want. It doesn't matter. But the idea of freedom that comes from America. We're born out of revolution, out of telling tyrannical governments to get the hell out of the way. That's what people want. That's what people resonate with. They can relate to it because it's exactly how they see themselves. They see themselves as oppressed and they want a tyrannical government out of the way. The American system is not perfect. It has a lot of flaws, but it is a lot better than anything else that's going. No disrespect to the Europeans with their respective democracies, but let's be honest. How far has that gotten you? How's that worked out for you? Same thing with the Americans. How's that worked out for us with our system? However, the thing that I would argue about the American system is, is that it has drifted away from what it was originally intended to be. America as it is in modern times post-World War II until now. That is not how America is supposed to be run. How our system exists today is not how America is supposed to be. That is not how our government is structured as it is laid out in the Constitution of the United States and in the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, the Articles of Confederation. None of it is being followed. None of it. Thomas Jefferson said that a constitution was built for a moral people. Also, you can use the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, to deconstruct a tyrannical rule. That's what they did. That's why the founders were so brilliant when they did it. They deconstructed a monarchy, which was the tyrannical system at the time. They deconstructed a monarchy and they put it back into a system of checks and balances. So all of the power was decentralized. Decentralization is what the world wants. Centralization is what the so-called elites want. 
That's what they need in order to stay in power. Decentralization takes them out of power. This is why they're afraid of things like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, because it's decentralized. The blockchain is decentralized. They have no control. When you have a moral society, based on the things that we discussed previously, you have an open and free market, you have a population that's willing to abide by these things, then you can have a constitutional republic, you can have your checks and balances, you can have your freedoms, and you can put your government in chains where they belong. There is no room in a constitutional republic for a dictatorship of any kind. It's not totalitarian. It's decentralized so that one person does not have the power. That's the point of it. And this is why people like Klaus Schwab and, and Bill Gates and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, this is why they hate it. Because it puts their sorry asses in chains where they belong. So what system do you want going forward? Do you want a free, open, prosperous society that really has inclusion of people? Not this fake garbage that they sell you with all the wokeness. All that is is division, but it's sold to you under the guise of coming together. That's nonsense. Do you want that society? Do you want the society they're selling you? Do you want the digital IDs? Do you want the, the centralization? Do you want the, the complete control over everything you do, what you wear, where you sleep, how you sleep, what you eat, who you associate with, who you do business with? Is that what you want? Is that the kind of society you want to live in? Is that the kind of world you want to raise a family in? I don't. I want a free market society. I want laissez-faire capitalism. The closest thing that we've had to laissez-faire capitalism in modern history was West Germany when the war was over. That was the closest thing we've seen in modern history to laissez-faire capitalism. The economy here had the chains taken off of it and it was burning white hot. People were making money hand over fist and they had a low cost of living at a very high standard of living because you had economic freedom. It wasn't even full economic freedom at that. Do you have a higher standard of living now than when you had when you were younger? Do you think you have economic freedom at all? How's the value of your money when you go grocery shopping these days? Again, my point is, is that it's time to start the process of building our parallel societies away from these people. They've tried to build a parallel society away from us, and they're trying to drag us along with it. But see, people are rejecting it. They're pushing back on it. The problem is, is that people are looking for a singular leader, and it doesn't need to be that way. Everyone's looking for some white knight to come riding in or whatever and, and solve their problem. That's ridiculous. It's like all these people, oh, I hope Donald Trump runs. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. Donald Trump's not your savior. You're your savior. You are your own savior. You're your community's savior. You're your family's savior. You are. It's not some pathetic politician or somebody sitting in a, in a, in a political office somewhere in a nice suit. Those people don't give a damn about you. It's your responsibility to stand up and take control of your own life. If we do this, if everybody stands up and takes personal responsibility and takes a leadership role for themselves, then and only then can the parallel societies that we need to build, only then can that start to get established. That's the only way. One person is not going to do it. Everybody's looking for a leader. It's, that's not how it works. Maybe you need somebody to, to point you in the right direction. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's what a community needs. But in reality, it comes down to everyone working together, everyone taking a leadership role. It has to be that way. That's the point of a system of checks and balances is everybody has power. Everybody's their own dictator of themselves. That's freedom. That's individual freedom. That's how it works. Freedom's not being told what to do. Freedom is you deciding for yourself what is right for you to do. I would say that um, 
I agree with all what you're saying there. I would say we're a little delayed in creating our own societies or our own parallel economy, if you will. Uh, I, I think it's a little delayed. First of all, I, I think the Christian community should have already had their own parallel economy, really. We, we all should have been, you know, you go out and start a business or whatever, and the Christian community could, should help support that business. I mean, that, that, that should be kind of a, a thing already and working together in that. I mean, the Bible does tell you that you're supposed to be set apart from the secular world. So that could be extrapolated in the business world as well. It's not to say you can't do business with others outside uh, the Christian community. It's just that, you know, you, you create one in a Christian community and support each other. It gives you an opportunity to witness to others as well as, you know, have a business that's actually helping people and providing product. You, you know, the business has a moral structure to it, whereas current businesses, uh, I don't know, Amazon is an example, Apple, you know, they don't really have a moral structure to them. Uh, hell, look at Google. Their moral structure is don't be evil. Who decides what evil is, what what evil is and what evil isn't? As we've talked about before, look at the selfish ledger. I would classify that as evil. You're manipulating people to try to to get them to do something for the greater good instead of allowing them to have freedom and choice. You're nudging them and pushing them into directions you want them to go. That's tyrannical. That's um, that's a bully. So, yeah. I, I think we're a little bit behind on creating our parallel economies, our, our, but we're, we're going to have to do it. And it has to be a true freedom, liberty movement. As an example, there's um, there's a quote unquote uh, parallel economy uh, uh, Twitter that Trump started. I know of a few individuals that were on there. Uh, one of them has already been shadow banned. His his tweet his tweets his truths I think is what it's called. It's not tweet, but it's a truth. It's a, this is in the beta phase right now. It's not getting out to the people that are following him. Another one is just completely barred from making an account, even though they sent him an invitation to join the beta. They will not accept him on there because he is someone that speaks the truth. Um, he calls out the BS that Trump does. He praises him when he does good, but then, you know, lambasts him when he does bad. So, yeah, it's just we, we have to create things that are truly about liberty, freedom, moral structure, you know, those kind of things. And we can't budge on it. We can't. We can't. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of I'm tired of the weak, you know, the Republicans, as an example. They come forward and, and present a bill. And say, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use the Second Amendment because that's apparently the Republicans. Um, that's their um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, their political um, identity uh, is the Second Amendment. They, they, they don't actually. I, I don't think Republicans actually believe in what the Second Amendment is and what it's intended for. It's just it's just a political identity. But anyway, if you look at that and use that as an example, you've had politicians come up and say, well, we should have constitutional carry across the nation or in our state or whatever, full we well do. knowing that they don't have the power in that or whatever branch they're in, the House or the Senate or but whatever. We do so have they present a bill. We do have constitutional carry. It's called the Second Amendment. That's constitutional carry. I, I agree. I agree. But because they've passed illegal laws and have been upholding those illegal laws, which are not laws in that case, if it's an if it's illegal. But anyway, well, but because those have been to that point, you might be asking out there. Well, what makes it illegal? Shall not be infringed is what makes it illegal. Just throwing that in there. Go ahead. Yeah, ironic. 
that the same people that are saying that you should uh yeah you should have to pass a test to be able to get it by a gun are the same people that are funding guns be sent to ukraine anyway these republicans they say oh yeah we're we're, we're for this uh, you know we're we're for the second amendment we're for you having guns and at the same time they pass the uh ban on automatic weapons or uh, they push forward a bill on constitutional carry, knowing that they don't have control of the House and Senate, and it just gets shot down. And they say, well, uh, we tried. Um, if you want us to uh, get this through, you're going to have to vote us in to the, the House and the Senate and the White House uh, next election cycle and continue to donate to our fund uh, to to ensure that we can stick it to the Democrats. Um, no. I'm done with Republicans. I'm done with Democrats. I'm done with all of them. Honestly, I, I'm I'm seriously debating on uh, uh, depending on this what, who who the next cycle who's running and who gets you know who wins the primaries and everything. I'm seriously thinking about voting Democrat. I'm seriously debating on bo- voting for ex- someone like extreme, Bernie it? Sanders or something or or somebody that's going to be so insane that. The only solution is either the country gets destroyed or you stand up. That that's that's kind of where my position is. Yeah, it is a bit of extreme. But how else do you get people to stand up? How else are we going to encourage people that are in in a good time when you have freedom of speech, when you have the freedom to go out and do things and they're not standing up for uh their kids? I mean, at least we're passing laws in some states that are barring, you know, like the don't say gay bill in Florida. At least that's being passed and being pushed. But it's not even, and at least, it wasn't even, like, that's not even what it was. No, that's not what it was, but that's what they were touting it that's as. That's what they were calling, that's it, what the media was hyping yeah. it up as. Yeah, that's not what it was. Yeah. No, it was basically barring the state from indoctrinating your kids between K through, I, I think it's third grade or fourth grade. It, it's It's keeping them from indoctrinating those kids on transgenderism uh gender fluidity or or just sex in general it was just it, it, it was, it was more of the woke it, it was more of the woke stuff i mean it, that's the thing i mean i remember i remember when i was it's coming grooming. up in school it, yeah yeah i remember when i was coming up in school it was controversial when, when i was in the the seventh grade when i was in the yeah. seventh grade it was controversial for them to even consider teaching sex ed yeah, in the seventh grade i, that. I mean yeah. There were notices that were sent out to all the parents. They had PTA meetings, PTO meetings, whatever the hell they were. The parent teacher meetings. They had town halls, more or less, for the schools about whether or not they should teach sex ed in the seventh grade. That was a big uproar. You know, the, the parents were like, I don't really know if I want my kids hearing about that, because that's typically the responsibility of the parents to talk about that stuff. But no, it's the, the school or in this case, the state wants to be able to control what your kid gets put in their heads. And, and the same thing goes with the rest of the woke agenda, the, the critical race theory. That's Marxism. That is Marxism through and through. You know, I, I heard uh, an expert on the Soviet Union. I, I've been listening to this guy quite a bit. I heard him talking about our education system a couple of weeks ago. He said, and I, I trust his word on it. I mean, here's a guy who sat across the table, and very few people can actually say this. He sat across the table from high-level KGB defectors that defected to the West, and he's the one that debriefed them. So I trust the man's word on it. But our modern education system in the West, not just in America, but in the West, our modern education system, because let's be honest, all of our education systems, you know, United States, Canada, England, 
France, Germany, they're all pretty much about the same. A couple of things might differ here and there on the structure of it, but they're all pretty much the same thing. The, the curriculum is and the, the levels of, of going through each grade and things like that, they're all pretty much the same. That's not actually from us. None of that is. Our education system, our modern education system that we know came out of Bolshevik Russia. Now, you might be saying, well, how, how do you know? Well, the thing is, is we really don't know precisely how. And the reason we don't know precisely how is because those documents on how we were to have our education system altered have never been translated into English, and they are under secure guards at the Kremlin. We've never been able to see them. Why is that? Why is it that that has happened? If you go back to the pre-Bolshevik era, if you go back into the 1800s, the 1700s, in the West, our education systems were vastly different, vastly different. As a matter of fact, if you go back and you try and read a newspaper from back in the seven, late 1700s in America and in England, I, I almost can't even read those things. The way that people spoke, the way that people were educated, I mean, these were intelligent people, very intelligent people. So where did it all change? And why did it all change? That to me, when I heard that, that to me, it makes so much sense. If you look at the modern era today, where we are now, and I'm talking about the average intelligentsia of the, uh, the, you know, the average public out there. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? You know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, they, I'm, I'm not one of these people that sees a communist conspiracy un under every couch cushion or whatever. But a lot of people ask me, they say, why do you equate a communist conspiracy to just about everything? And I said, because it's extremely simple. I've done work in organized crime. A communist government, a communist system is organized crime. That's what it is. They structure themselves the same way. And if you think about it, they love corruption. That's what communist and, and Marxist systems are, whether it's fascist or, or, or communist or whatever. That's a corrupt system through and through. The whole thing's corrupt. It's the kingpin of, of organized crime. But they love the corruption. They will, In fact, they will actually introduce the corruption into a lot of nations. That's what they do. They infiltrate organizations. They corrupt them, and then they take them over. They use the corruption on each other. Do you want to learn about all of the politicians that are corrupt? Look at the communist agents that they've sent over from China and Russia. They're the ones that corrupted them. They're the ones that have the dirt on them. That's how it works. It's the same thing in the school systems. It's the same thing in our churches. Are you going to tell me that the church isn't corrupt? Bruce wants to know why the churches haven't already gone through and, and, and built these parallel things, because that's the Christian thing to do, because the churches have been infiltrated, corrupted, and taken over. A uh, perfect example is um, that... Uh uh, what the lieutenant governor, or whatever, whatever the oh, hell governor her now. position was, yeah, yeah, the governor, yeah, the now. governor now of yeah, New yeah. York, yeah. And then you 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 have Catholic Church going after social justice issues. You have different churches accepting abomination things that the Bible calls an abomination, things that the Bible calls a sin. You're you're allowing that into your leadership and are teaching your kids. You know, the Pope has actually invited uh, a number of people to speak at the the new whatever he's going to be doing. And among those are, I, I believe I saw Fauci's name in there, uh, and a few other people have been invited to uh, to go and speak there again. And I, I want to say that Gates was one of them, but I can't be 100% sure of that. I just saw, it was some obscure article I saw the other day about some upcoming event that the uh, the Vatican was going to be hosting, and the Pope is personally invited. I know Fauci was one of them. Uh, oh, I, that's it. The CEO of Pfizer and Moderna are going to be there to speak as well at the Vatican. Now, you, you talk about an abomination. You, you talk about blasphemy. W wouldn't you say that those three at least, just those three, would be at the top of that? Yeah. The the main headliners of the uh, the new cult, the 
cult of the vaccine, uh, the cult of COVID-19, and how the church has just capitulated to it, how spineless the church has been, uh, at least here in America, with exercising their First Amendment rights, just, you know, shutting down in the middle of a occultist revolution. Yeah. And you've also got the Pope saying this as well. You you think the churches haven't been in, haven't been taken over? The, the Pope Francis is again. This is out of this is out of the left wing Reuters, right? Which is heavily enhanced by the CCP. I might add. Pope Francis has said that the spreading of fake news and disinformation on COVID nineteen and vaccines is a violation of human rights. Again, taken over. I would actually agree with him. It is a violation of human rights. But what he's deeming as misinformation and what I'm deeming as misinformation probably don't jive well, uh, because my version of disinformation is uh, the BS we've all been fed by the media and the government and the medical systems about how, um, well, as an example, the only thing that's going to save you is the vaccine. And they barred any kind of early treatment possibilities. And we've had millions of people die because of it. Um, that is a human's rights violation. I was I was wrong. I, I'm sorry. I want to apologize. I need to make a correction. Uh, it was not just Fauci that the Vatican is going to be hosting. Uh, it's going to be Fauci. It's going to be uh, Pfizer and Moderna CEOs. It's also going to be showcasing speeches by Bill and Hillary Clinton, as well as Chelsea Clinton. They'll be speaking there as well. So again, I'm asking, do you think the church has been undermined? It's pretty simple. It's pretty clear cut, in my opinion, given the company that they're keeping these days. Anyhow, we are going to have to go. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, are you enjoying the podcast that you're hearing? We hope that you are, and we're very happy to have you as a listener. If you enjoy what you're hearing, we would ask you to pass us along to five friends. That's all. Just five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up. You know somebody that's interested in finding out what's going on in the world. Maybe they need a little help to simply think on their own. That's all we're trying to do here. So again, pass this along to five friends. We really would appreciate that. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.